but we believe that the people itself themselves the nations themselves are still awake they they know that this is not only this is not only the case of the palestinians this is an arab israeli conflict or it's not a conflict it's a genocide it's it's an apartheid it's, it's ethnic cleansing welcome to the miko peled podcast So, uh, Yazan, thank you very much for joining us and to give, give us your time um, so late in the evening. You're in Jerusalem. Yes, you, I'm in Jerusalem, and I'm very glad to be you. here with and you. And you today. work with, uh, with uh, Grassroots Jerusalem. Yes. And uh, I was going to say earlier, the first time I took a tour with uh, uh, Grassroots Jerusalem, with Khalid, who... Right, mm-hmm. and uh, I did it several times with him, with friends, and so on. But the I the, this notion that Jerusalem is actually much larger than what we think it is, and yes. the invasion of of uh, Jewish only neighborhoods and settlements around Jerusalem is far more serious and far more severe than than we imagine. Because they think, you know, they think Jerusalem, mm-hmm. they think the old city, they think uh, Nebi Yaakov, they think, you know, some of the settlements around, Bethanina. but really what is going on all around the city is is really incredible. You see the, the Jewish-only neighborhoods, brand new neighborhoods with nice roads and parks and sidewalks, and then you go through all these Palestinian neighborhoods mm-hmm. and it's a different world. So obviously I want you to talk about that, but this whole idea that actually Jerusalem and the uh, the Zionist invasion into Jerusalem and the changing of Jerusalem uh-huh. is um, is much more severe. It's much bigger and much more and, and a lot faster going on, much much faster than um, than what people know. So, if to start, if you could please just talk about yourself, talk about the organization, what you do, and then we'll go from there. Yes. <laughs> okay. So first of all, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here with you uh, on this amazing podcast. Uh, my name is Yazan. I was born and raised in uh, Jerusalem and completed my elementary and secondary school in Jerusalem. Um, a BA degree in public administration and a master's in international cooperation and currently doing a PhD in um, international political uh, economy. Uh, I've joined the grassroots uh, Al-Quds since um, 2018 as an office manager. Uh, And uh, now I'm I'm, I'm leading the the organization. I've just started my new position as the executive director. For those who do not know um, uh, grassroots Al-Quds, actually grassroots uh, was established in uh, 2011 out of uh, the belief uh, in Jerusalem's historical and current importance and the need for a platform uh, for Palestinian uh, networking in the city. Um, It was established for one goal, and our goal is to support the Palestinian sumud, the steadfastness. Sumud is an Arabic word for steadfastness and resilience in Al-Quds. We research uh, and create knowledge and support uh, uh, community mobilization. We build also networks between the different Palestinian communities in Jerusalem so they can overcome their fragmentation by the Israeli occupation authorities and try to make like long-term plans and strategies for the city as a whole. Um, As I said, uh, we research and create knowledge that support the community mobilization. 
we build networks also as well. And we have our political guide, uh, Wujud, which contains different uh, Palestinian neighborhoods, a, a brief about uh, different Palestinian neighborhoods, uh, tackling all um, uh, areas, economy, education, uh, urban planning, uh, transportation, and, and so on. Um, also, we give uh, tours, as I said, um, the grassroots uh, Al-Quds uh, tour uh, of Jerusalem actually covers the different Israeli uh, policies designed to displace Palestinians from Jerusalem itself. Uh, these policies actually include the revocation of legal status, the land confis uh, confiscation, home demolitions, um, the suffocation of uh, the Palestinian economy, uh, the intentional underdevelopment, and more and more, the neglect also of the municipal uh, uh, services. Also, the tour uh, might take uh, um, uh, the visitors in, in and out, let's say, uh, of Palestinian neighborhoods in Jerusalem and shows also how these uh, policies are affecting and still affects our co uh, community. It also shows uh, the, the visitors what um, it means to be a Palestinian living in the city. Um, we do also uh, different, uh, we, we also do different uh, things beside the, the tours. By the way, regarding the tours, since the breakout of the, the COVID-19 pandemic, we offer also this tour virtually. Uh, actually, this is a great opportunity for those around the world who cannot visit Jerusalem to get to know the Jerusalem story. In addition to the tours, um, we have published, as I said, uh, uh, our uh, uh, book, Wujud, the Grassroots Guide to Jerusalem, uh, two, two, two versions, one in 2014 and the other in 2019 in English. Actually, Wujud uh, aims at revealing the hidden uh, Jerusalem, the Palestinian communities that are hidden uh, from visitors and tourists by the Israeli occupation propaganda uh, in tourism. In a city where tourism makes like 40 to 50 percent of the Palestinian economy, these colonial policies uh, not only silence the Palestinian narrative on Jerusalem, but also um, uh, severs uh, our economic ties. The economic disempowerment is one of the most effective tools of displacement used against Palestinians in Jerusalem. Actually, um, Miko, this is why uh, uh, Grassroots Al-Quds has focused its work in the recent years on what we call the emancipatory tourism. Uh, creating tools that promote tourism in this eastern part of uh, Jerusalem and helps uh, also the visitors be ethical and responsible uh, tourists in the occupied city. In addition to the tours and the book, we also in the process of creating Wujud app, uh, the mobile application, uh, in both Arabic and, uh, and English. And we will publish this uh, Arabic version of the apps very, very soon. And also the Arabic version of Wujud, which we believe that it will bring the experience of Al-Quds to the millions of Arabic speakers around the world. Um, moreover, uh, Grassroots Al-Quds is currently coordinating a community-led tourism project. We work with um, uh, existing or developing initiatives to launch a joint campaign to promote tourism in Jerusalem villages and neighborhoods that are not only to be supported, but also not to be missed on a visit um, to Jerusalem for their beautiful nature and rich. Like which, which neighborhoods, for example, which villages and neighborhoods, for example? 
يس العزريه بثني بتير which is part of Jerusalem the historic Jerusalem الولجه and بيت عنان and of course the old city of Jerusalem yeah and um, um, what we also do is um, the local and the global uh, mobilization our local and global mobilization mobilization are supported and enriched by our research department also uh, it like addressing the one question what does it mean to, to research Jerusalem our research department strives actually to build a, com a comprehensive research methodology for the city. We research the Jerusalem's uh, history and current reality and um, monitor the way the Israeli colonial projects are changing the city. Um, we also believe that this knowledge must support community mobilization as it can be an important tool of confrontation. Can I interrupt you just a minute? You said that you, you use the word community a lot. You talked about community led yes. tourism, community mobilization. Can you yeah. expand on those two things, please? Okay. Um, we rely a lot on, our, on, on oral history. When doing our research, we rely a lot on, our, on, on oral history. We believe that oral history is the best way that Palestinians can tell the real story of the city. And it's not an individual interview. It's an, a community um, um, a collective work. Like um, when we interview someone who is from uh, an uprooted village, he leads us also to another person who is um, uprooted from another village so we can have a full image of any uh, of any uh, research we want to publish but also regarding the the, the tours we help um, the community organizations and movements improve and develop their uh, skills in providing tours and telling the people the real story of their neighborhoods so you have, I'm sorry, so and you have it's members not of the only community giving a tour in their neighborhood? Is that what you mean? Or Yes, yes, we do have partners all around uh, Jerusalem uh, that uh, gives uh, tours inside their neighborhoods, just like uh, Batir, as I said, and, uh, and Al-Walaje, uh, a women uh, community center in Al-Walaje. We, we worked with them, we trained, uh, uh, we trained them on how to, you know, uh, to give tours. Uh, we provided them also with research from our department that can help them tell the real story of the neighborhood for any visitor uh, or for any de uh, uh, delegation. So we rely a lot on the community and uh, and it helps us also in 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 achieving our mission because as i said it's a, it's a, it's a grassroots is is a is a palestinian uh, platform for networking also it's not a platform that gives only research by the way we have also interactive maps um, uh, that help uh, um, that help uh, anyone explore uh, Jerusalem and enjoy its beauty and get to know its past and present. We have also included tips on things to see and so places on, to visit. Is this on your your website? Where, where... Um, all the knowledge we create is published on our website for free, downloadable, and you can we'll access it, in it anywhere. We'll have which... that in the interview. Yeah. yeah. 
um so 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 it, it also the website uh, also features our maps and infographics and, and 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 recorded webinars and lectures we organize or participated in and articles we wrote in cooperation with other platforms not only uh, locally but also globally because we are partners also with different uh, solidarity movements uh, and and and, and uh, uh, organizations. Yes. So when we communicated before before the interview over the you know earlier, I told you that I'd like to, if possible, to imagine you giving a tour, which of course will take too long. But maybe you can touch on some of the places. For example, two places that come up more or less in the news, and that I've been to and I've seen, and you know, been part of protests and so on. One is uh, Sheikh Jarrah which has, of course, become very okay. well-known, um, and the plans for Sheikh Jarrah in terms of uh, colonizing and, and the, you know, destroying the neighborhood. And on the other side, Silwan, which is a very yeah. big community and, of course, is being destroyed and, and the ethnic cleansing in broad daylight is just so, so obvious. And maybe, maybe you can talk about uh, Shafat, the refugee camp. I don't think people realize there's a refugee camp in Jerusalem. So maybe we can start with yes. these three and then yeah. whatever else you think is, is, is important. Of course. Um, I just want to state that Sheikh uh, Jarrah now is, um, um, you know, people there are getting uh, more and more eviction orders. Uh, what we hear in the news that the Supreme Court may delay the evictions or not, but it doesn't make any difference because at the end of the day, their, their decision is to evict these people from their homelands. Um, I believe that you all, we all uh, heard about the news that happened and the clashes happened last year uh, in Sheikh Jarrah, regardless the the government and who's taking control in the government so it's not about someone in the government who escalates the the the, the situation but living under occupation in the daily life is also an escalation about silwan uh, as well it is the similar uh, story it's a forced displacement policy actually silwan is is, is a home to about 33000 palestinians uh, silwan by the way is located outside the wall uh, of uh, of uh, of the old city and barely like five kilometers from Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood in the occupied uh, East uh, uh, Jerusalem, where also uh, protests against the planned uh, uh, expulsions led to Israeli violence against Palestinians and the 11-day war on Gaza last year. According, by the way, according to, to Amnesty International, I believe, yeah, Atirat um, Kuhanim, a Zionist movement has been take has has been seeking also uh, with the support of the Israeli authorities to expel some 100 Palestinian families from Batn al Hawa in Silwan, uh, in the area of Silwan, claiming that the land is rightful owned by a Jewish trust active in the area more than 100 years ago. They're manipulating also the history as well, and while the Israeli laws allow. Uh, for property to be transferred to the Jews, it denies the same right to the Palestinians who were disposed of the property following the establishment of the Jewish state in 1948. is an NGO. It's very well funded. There is millions and millions of dollars in the United States 
it's a it's a it's a violent racist organization that is dedicated to destroying Jerusalem yeah. and Palestinian Jerusalem basically and to taking over homes yeah. all around in the old city and all around Jerusalem and in, in Silwan they've been very very active and of course Silwan has this ridiculous uh, archaeological park called the city of David which is happening yeah. right in the middle of 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 all this um of, of the madness that goes on in Silwan and I'm yes. walking down you know, if people don't know, you you go out of the old city and then you go down, down the hill. And it's a very large yes. community. It's like a small city, really. And um, the situation there is, is severe. The tension as you walk down the streets there is really, really, you can feel it in the air. And there's also the community center there, right? The Silwan Information Center. Yes, yes. You know, uh, Miko, also most of the residents there... Uh, were displaced from their houses in the old city of Jerusalem in 1967, and they moved to Silwan, and now they want to displace them again. It's the, so that displacement policies does not stop in the 1948 or 1967. It continues. It it is always like this, and 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 also the Israeli uh, uh, the Israeli Supreme Court decided to expel. To expel them from uh, the interest of the settler who are supported also by 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 Aterut Kohanim, a settlement organization, as you said, whose main job is to replace Palestinians with Jews. Simply, the funny thing that some of these settlers, <laughs> they are claim that Silwan neighborhood was owned by Yemeni Jews, and that's like well, actually what the truth <laughs> is. I don't know. There was a small group of Yemeni Jews that came in the 19th century. And they were given a spot, and some homes were built for them. But they were given a spot as shelter yeah. by the Palestinian community, yes. out of respect for them and being Jews and so on. And then in 1948, the Zionists took them out. The Zionists evicted them. Not yeah. nobody kicked them out. The Zionists moved them to another neighborhood in 1948. But yes. to claim, but to claim somehow that yes. the whole place belongs to Jews and that entire narrative. I don't know. I don't know from where they got their information, but uh, we have we have our historians. We have the reality. Uh, we have the the real story of the city. So that's what we believe. Uh, also, we've we've also talked about uh, um, uh, the city of David. Uh, all the evictions are happening now because of the city of David. They want to expand this, you know, archaeological research around the uh, uh, Silwan and especially Batn al Hawa. Just you know for for the 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 purpose of the zionist project itself it's not about the city of david no they want just to to evict people from their homes they want to empty the land well, actually i think it. i think it's important to say it's not really archaeology because there's no science there it's politically motivated mm -hmm. there's no you know somebody said that that's where david used to be but there's no historical proof that there was a david ever and so this is just an excuse like you say to evict and you know, as you go down the street, they have these big, big posters showing nice white Israeli yes. kids running around among the archaeological ruins. You know, it's horrifying as you see the Palestinian homes being destroyed and closed down because of the digging. So of course, it's it's all politically yeah. motivated. Much of it is being uh, is being funded by Teret Kohanim, of course. And it's a horrible process. You walk down the street and you see this this process of the ethnic cleansing taking place in front of your very eyes and the tour buses come and it's like nothing they don't it's almost like they don't care they're not even trying to hide this this terrible yes. this terrible process 
I don't believe that Palestinians are used to, to this, uh, to this, uh, or or are accepting this scene. Uh, um, but but they are there, they they exist, and they want to stay at their homes. They don't want to leave, and they're fighting for their homes, their lands. It's their official um, place. They, they, it's their homeland, and 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 the the Israeli government and make are, is making it ha- very hard for residents of of uh, of uh, Silwan to 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 just prove that they they live in their own lands. By, by by for example they ask them to show the original documents of the lands which is very very hard to have currently and if you want to to have it and if, if you were lucky enough to have the the, the official documents they will find yeah. another way yes. just you know um yeah you have the papers okay but we need yeah. one two three four yeah, yeah, uh, and anything now else. let's yeah go ahead please and yeah, and 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 I just to finish with the Silwan clashes are always there, always. But the news are not covering it because there are larger and bigger in, in, uh, um, incidents happening happening in in Jerusalem right now. Just like Al Aqsa Mosque, and as you said, Shafat refugee camp. For example, talking about Shafat refugee camp, Shafat uh, the camp itself was built by the Jordanians in uh, 1966 for the refugees from villages uh, from uh, the Jerusalem area, such as Der Yassin, uh, Sataf, uh, Lifta, um, who had earlier settled in these refugee camp in in this small area. And after the the Six-Day War, the camp was annexed to the Jewish state and was included in the newly drawn municipal borders of Jerusalem. That's why... um, this uh, camp is the only camp who's inside the Jerusalem municipal uh, uh, borders. Since the wall, for example, was built, the area has suffered from a lack of essential services from the, the Israeli authorities, whose workers most of the time refrain from crossing the checkpoint for the security reason for the security reasons only. Um, I believe that um, life there is getting more and more. Uh, How many people live in the camp? For Palestinians, uh, one hundred thirty thousand more than one hundred thirty thousand Palestinians live in the eastern uh, part uh, of the in the in the refugee camp. Let's say Chafat refugee camp, and also in a refugee camp, and they don't have services from the city, yes. even though officially they're part of the, like you said, the municipal boundaries of Jerusalem. Yes. They get no services, so. Yes, and, and they, they pay, pay taxes. They have taxes. None of the city taxes, right? Yes, they they say they pay the arnona, which is the property tax, and they pay all their income taxes and everything, and they should benefit from the taxes they pay. But the situation is different, actually. Um, as I said, more than one hundred thirty thousand Palestinians living in Shafat refugee camp and the town of Anata, which is also part uh, of, of uh, now it's part of the Shafat refugee camp. And these statistics, statistics are uh, um, from uh, the camp's uh, uh, information center. There's do they have do they have the UN refugee status? Do the Again? people in in uh, in Shafat do they have the UN refugee status? Yes, yes, and there is a UN uh, UNRWA uh, uh, offices there, 
but um, of course uh, people there do not believe in the yeah. in the UN uh, because uh, more than 30 or 40 years uh, uh, being there seeing witnessing everything and doing like I don't know maybe nothing that's what they say the residents of the the the, the refugee camp uh, itself it, and they, they they always make jokes like uh, they are here because they are just here they just want to be here and they, they're making money and that's it and we are not benefiting it's really the responsibility from, to be from, on the state of israel who occupied them and the jerusalem city of jerusalem mm-hmm. municipality of jerusalem to provide services because they are within the the, the, the israelis created the boundaries that included them but now they're allowing yes. the scam to just sit there with no services. I mean, it's really horrible. It's hard to believe that it's part of the city of Jerusalem because the situation is so, uh, so severe. Can you also talk about Isawiya? There's been a lot going on in Isawiya as well, a lot of frustration there. Okay. Yeah, Al-Isawiya, a lot of arrestments uh, there uh, lately. Yesterday, they arrested someone from uh, Al-Isawiya. Um, actually, um, Al-Isawiya has two entrances. Um, the um, when when there's a clashes, they right, so they we as a neighborhood is a neighborhood from, in in what is it? I think it's just north of the north side of Jerusalem. Yes, in the northern side, yes, of Jerusalem, and 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 there there's two two um, entrances for the neighborhood, only two main entrances. So when there's any clashes between between the the Palestinian youth and the Israeli army, they close the entrances. Though, so they isolate the the city itself nobody can enter no nobody can go out and this creates more and more escalations inside the neighborhood people, itself. so that's why um i believe that more than thirty thousand palestinians oh, wow. living and what there kind of services do they get um you know, because al Isawi is very near to to a settlement which is the french hill uh, they have, um, you know, they have the infrastructure, but the the there there is no maintenance to this infrastructure. So if you want to do anything related to I don't know water, electricity, you you should do it by your own. You know, it's not uh, the municipality will never like uh, pay attention to to any of the services needed. Well, again, in, just in to clarify: area. the French Hill so, is a very fancy Israeli settlement. They call it neighborhood. Yes. It's very, you know, upper middle class, and it's very nice, and it's very beautiful. And it's hard to believe that right next is a sawia. It's day and night. It's not the same standard of living. It's not the same roads. It's not the same. Nothing is the same, even though they're so close. And they are both. They are all. All of them are residents and citizens of Jerusalem. So they should be getting the same yes. services, but it's not even close. Let's let's imagine that I'm walking now from French Hill to Al Isawiya. So when I when I am in the French Hill now, I can see the sidewalks, the playgrounds, the national parks, the public libraries, you know, the garbage collection and everything. And when you go down like 100 meters after the French Hill settlement colony, let's say, you will see nothing, no pavements, uh, no infrastructure. So. However, local uh, residents there uh, complain about the constant, you know, water and electricity shortages, the lack of the proper sewage system as well, and the garbage remover and collection. And say that the, and and say the municipal of officials are seen in the area only rarely, and even then, 
it is only to issue fines for the illegal buildings. So they see the 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 municipal officials only if they if the municipal officials want to you know issue more and more fines to the illegal uh, uh, buildings, and uh, they believe that the Israeli government left them intentionally, intentionally left them um, because they they want you know to to destroy the this uh, social fabric by by creating more and more chaos in the city. And also in Al-Isawiyah, because Al-Isawiyah is like a headache for, for the Israeli army. Every time clashes happen in in, uh, in Jerusalem, let's say, um, in the old city or in, in Beit Hanin or anywhere else, clashes will happen also in Al-Isawiyah. And because it's very near to, to the French here and the Hebrew University, so the situation there will be mo- very different from the other parts yeah, of the and city. And it's interesting because Netanyahu describes... Israel as, of course, a miracle, economic miracle, and of course, Jerusalem, the internal. They say Jerusalem is the internal, the capital of Israel, but they are completely ignoring the fact that there are Palestinians there, large numbers of Palestinians. Number one, it's their city, so it can't be Israel's eternal capital because it's a Palestinian capital. But also there is the neglect, the you know, by design, by, like you said, it's a planned neglect of the Palestinian neighborhoods, nobody sees it, nobody mentions it. And when Netanyahu speaks, when he comes to America, nobody challenges him. When an American president says Jerusalem is the united, uh, eternal capital and all this nonsense, nobody challenges them. What about the Palestinians? What is the status of the Palestinians? What are the rights of the Palestinians? And just the day-to-day life reality of Palestinians with no, you know, the, the difference between these beautiful Israeli settlements that are built all over Jerusalem and the Palestinians who live in a refugee camp, 130,000 Palestinians within the city of Jerusalem. We're not talking about a small number, and we're not talking about a city that people don't know about. And this is never challenged, and yeah. Americans never mention it. And when the American senators and congressmen and come to Jerusalem and famous people, they never see it, they never talk about it. When the American money comes to the Israeli government, this is never part of the agreement. It's never a condition that at least the Palestinians, if you're going to treat Jerusalem as an Israeli city, what about the Palestinians? This is never comes up as part of the conversation. It's completely, completely ignored. Israelis are never challenged yes. on this. And I think one of the reasons is, is like you said, there's this, people don't know about it. And I think that's why your work is so important and putting these stories and putting the history out. And you talked about an oral history. And of course, oral history is extremely important but is there also, most of the literature, let's put it this way, about Jerusalem is biblical. It has to do with King David and all this. And, and then nothing really happened for 2,000 years. And then the Zionists came and now everything is flourishing. Is there, yes. is there any, any literature that contradicts that in English? I mean, I don't know that there's much out there. Listen, um, in English, we struggle a lot on finding any literature talking about the real story of the city in English. But what we do is that we translate the Arabic uh, literature into English and we publish it in our in our website so anyone can use our resources. Um, we use also the books, the original books itself, not only the books, the PDF books online, because it is... Um, 
it is a mat it is this is the case this is the war of information we want to be sure that we're um, transferring the the, the 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 right and the real uh, uh, kind of information to the public so that's why we also rely on the arabic literature and the arabic historians and also some israeli historians that are um, um, just like um, let's say for example like betselem they use the israeli historians uh, 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 the resources and the publish uh, what they published and they and they you know they use it in their resources and they publish it also for uh, for the public and that and we also um, somehow use this uh, this uh, resources because they translate sometimes from hebrew to english or from hebrew uh, to arabic and we also make sure that we are making uh, we are taking sorry the the the, the right information so it's not about the the literature in English itself, because as you said, Nico, it's a lit, it's very hard to find uh, literature in English that tells the real story. But we also rely on our uh, historians, on 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 people who tells the re, on, who wrote actually the real story yeah. uh, of and this. It's impossible to appreciate. For example, if we talk about Sheikh Jarrah, for example, it's a modern neighborhood, but it has deep roots and incredibly important Palestinian structures. A gorgeous homes, the Orient House, the Hint Husseini College, the, I mean, the Sheikh Jarrah yes. Mosque. I mean, there's there's some beautiful structures there that are culturally and historically Palestinian, I think, which is why they're so in a hurry to get rid of it, because it, it speaks to Palestinian history and heritage in this, outside of the old city, in that part of, uh, in that part of the city. Um, and without understanding, without knowing this history and the importance of these, these this neighborhood, you know, people don't think twice. Okay, so they destroy it. So what? The same thing with Sudan. The same thing with other places. The Zionists are moving very fast. There's never been a status quo. The word status quo really doesn't fit here because they have been pushing and pushing Palestinians out and pushing and pushing the settlers in. And um, and more and more of mainstream Israelis support them. So what's the answer? You know, America still gives Israel billions, they say 3.8 billion, it's, it's, it's much more than that, because that's, that's just the official number. But if you talk about Ateret Kohanim, they get who knows how much money they yeah. get here when they come yeah. here. And, uh, and Smotrich, and he has an organization, Regavim, he comes here, and I talked about this in the past. So I mean, they're talking about a lot of money. And nobody from the outside seems to be stopping this. The Muslim countries are not stopping it. They're not doing anything. The Arab countries, of course, are normalizing. They are busy more. with the Abraham Accords. They're busy with the Abraham Accords. The Jordanian ambassador was kicked out, even though he was an ambassador. He's a Muslim man, so he should be allowed to pray. And he is the ambassador of Jordan, which is, you know, the caretaker, so to speak. So what, where are we going with this? I mean, the work that you do, I think is the most important work being done on Jerusalem period. I don't, nobody else is doing it and it's incredibly important. So I, I really want to highlight what you do and put the website out there and all the publications, but you can't do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do it alone because you live within, it's like prisoners in the maximum security prison. I mean, the, the limitations that are placed upon Palestinians are enormous. What, what do you foresee or what would you like to see? Okay in terms of talking to American public or other, you know, internationals to understand what Jerusalem is about, to understand what the Laksa is about, to understand this is a rich Arab and mostly Muslim city for more than 1500 years. And, and this invasion 
and by the way, Jews lived there quite peace, very peacefully until the Zionists yes. came. And this invasion of the Zionists is just destroying, you know, historical heritage, cultural heritage, cultural heritage, and and in a place of such, you know, religious significance. And nobody seems to be doing anything. Yeah. So, you think we can? Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want. Uh, to share something that I saw an interview with the Jordanian Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And they asked the same question. The, um, the interviewer asked the same question about uh, Jordan. So why don't you do any action? And and his, his answer was, we're doing a political, um, you know, actions. Uh, only 70 guards uh, um, uh, of Al-Waqf. Uh, working in in al or al al the Islamic endowments, can't stand against the hundred uh, uh, the hundreds of settlers coming in and out. But <laughs> let's be honest, we're not talking about the guards. The guards are from originally from Jerusalem, and they live in the old city of Jerusalem. And if they if, and if, if they do anything, they will get arrested and they will get detained for like, and sentenced for like years oh, yeah. okay but you are like uh, the you are the official body you can do something but i don't know why there is a, a huge silence not uh, only this year but also the previous years oh. yeah always like uh, a silence about what's happening in in uh, in jerusalem and uh, and especially al-aqsa mosque who's officially under the you know the jordanian responsibility let's say the, the al-aqsa mosque is for all muslims all around the world but jordan is you know the guardian they're the official yeah guardian, the official yeah. guardian let's say about the the arab world uh, as i told you they are busy uh, making uh, uh, the abraham accords with the uh, with the israelis uh, but the shocking uh, thing that what we saw during the world cup as uh, uh, i believe that you saw that uh, um, the people refuse even to chat with the Israeli channels, not even interview someone from the Arab world. No, they refuse totally. Even for uh, even not even Asians, even like Europeans, some of them are refusing to 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 deal with with uh, with the Israelis. And we believe that the people th themselves can put some pressure on their governments. Why? Because there are different you know different circumstances like. Uh, the pressure from the international community on the Jordanian government and the Arab uh, 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 governments, but we believe that the people itself, themselves, the nations themselves, are still awake. They they know that this is not only this is not only the case of the Palestinians. This is an Arab-Israeli conflict, or it's not a conflict. It's a genocide. It's it's an apartheid. It's, it's ethnic cleansing, as he said. So yeah. And regarding the international law, I believe uh, Miko that during our tour, uh, you took our tour with us and you saw the uh, UN headquarters, right? And right in front the UN headquarters, there is an illegal settlement. Seeing it every day, every time, and they do nothing. Seventy years in Jerusalem, what did they do? Nothing. They say that they are managing the conflict. They are not managing the conflict. They are doing nothing. That's why we do not have faith in the international organization in our struggle for liberation. What would you like? Is there anything that you think would be helpful? Anything that you think would be helpful in pushing the struggle to the level of you know, because right now there are certain churches, certain peace groups, certain civil society groups around the world that support yes. Palestine. 
Uh, and even even in the Muslim worlds, like we hear in Indonesia, I was just in Malaysia and Pakistan, it's it's getting weaker, but they're yes. there. Uh, do you have any idea how we can push it, make it bigger? How we can push this forward, this this agenda, uh, this agenda forward? What would be the message to Americans, for example, to the American administration, um, to the American politicians uh, about this, to make it, them understand just how how severe this is? I believe that now um, it's not it's not uh, we can't expect who can because America and the U.S. Uh, or the U.S. is 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 a is a great power is a polar the world is now not unipolar is bipolar by different polars also or multipolar let's say but as long as we're still contacting with different solidarity movement around the world that they can put pressure on their governments we are doing good job as long as there are many people who spread the word who tell the real story of the city inside their circles so the circles can tell more circles about what's happening in jerusalem and what is the real story of of the of jerusalem this also helps just like what happened in 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 last year in sheikh jarrah all the solidarity solidarity movements all around the world just you know um stand stand and 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 like uh, talked about the, the issue itself and, and showed the world what's really happening in Sheikh Jarrah. Here in, in Jerusalem, uh, people are now more aware about the Zionist project and the Zionist movements. What they can do, they are organizing different resistance uh, uh, actions, just like hikes. Uh, imagine... Uh, Amico hikes are, are also a headache to the Israeli uh, occupation as well because the, the Palestinians do hikes in, in the uprooted or the depopulated areas or, or also inside Silwan or Sheikh uh, Jarrah or they walk around the, uh, the neighborhood itself not just only to enjoy the nature and the environment but they believe and they know that the Israelis are always trying to steal the land they want to preserve the Palestinian memory. They want to be there for the whole day just to show the settlers and the Israeli uh, uh, occupation that we are here. We still remember, we know that this is our place. So, so this is also a kind of resistance uh, uh, which is uh, 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 actually um, uh, done after after the, the, the pandemic. It helped a lot exploring uh, uh, Jerusalem and the, the Jerusalem districts. Yeah. Well, I don't want to take any more of your time. I know it's late and I really appreciate it. I will tell you one I'm story. I'm enjoying though. you. Yeah. One image from Jerusalem. In the old city, especially if you come in through Damascus Gate, you know, you see the settlements there inside the old yes. city. And you see Palestinian kids running, sometimes playing soccer, this and that. You know, they run freely. When the settler kids walk, they always walk with bodyguards. Yes. If it's one little boy or one little girl, they have two armed bodyguards. And so there's something so symbolic about this. The Palestinian kids, it's their, it's their home. I'm not afraid. It's their city. It's their home. They're not afraid. And they are actually the ones who suffer the most, the most danger, because the, the army there treats them terrible. But they run around. They feel free. They you know run and shout and play. And these really kids walk around like this and the settlers walk around with guns and they're always yes. afraid. And that's so telling about, you know, who belongs and who doesn't belong, yeah. who feels like they, they are stealing something. So they always have to be afraid and who feels like this is theirs. And so they don't have to be afraid. It's their city. 
That's the end of part one, the interview with Yazan Rishek. Part two can be found on patreon.com slash Miko Peled. Yazan and Miko talk about Al-Aqsa at length, the attacks by Israel on worshippers, one of the holiest sites in Islam, also talk about Ben Gavir. But Yazan also points out that during Easter, there have been new restrictions for Christians' right to pray at the Holy Sepulchre, and that Israel's oppression is not only limited to Muslims. Very interesting, important discussion. Please check it out at patreon.com slash Miko Pellet.